How's it going, everybody? This is Christian with Liberty After Dark. I'm here once again to introduce the beginning of this Young Bucks Part 2, Part 2, I guess you could call it. Uh, this episode is a lot less focused. We do a lot more conversations on topics like philosophy and stuff like that. Uh, a lot more laid back than the last one. Not really structured. Lots of conversation with the comments in the live stream. So I hope you guys enjoy. Sorry again for the poor audio in this portion. Um, I'm still on holidays, so... Uh, yeah, I just couldn't couldn't come up with any better solution for recording the audio for this intro. So sorry about that. Hope you guys enjoy. Oh, man. So do you guys have uh, anything else that you wanted to talk about? Anything else that just really was just burning, burning in your loins? Yeah, my gonorrhea is really flaring up lately. That, so. Yeah, that'll do it. I think it's yeah. more in like the shaft, less the loins. But I mean, I've never had I mean, it. So I think bro, you'd be the I expert. thought I had it in fucking tech school. God. <laughs> is, that, is that really what you want to say on a live broadcast? What happened? Right. Well, I mean, because I didn't have it. Some some chick hit me up that I was smashing up before I went into the Air Force. She was like, I think I've got gonorrhea. I was like, what? Uh, what do you mean? And I go get tested, and they're like, no, you don't have gonorrhea. I'm like, I didn't think I did, but what the fuck? And then I text her back. I'm like, no, I'm fucking negative. Like, why are you... This is the only thing we've talked about since I've gone in. She's just like, okay. I'm just like, go get yourself tested. Well, she got tested again and she was negative. So she got a false positive and fucking freaked me out for no goddamn reason. Hey, man. Yeah. At least it would have been not... worse if she didn't tell you and you had it, but hey. Yeah. You You're not wrong. You would have found out pretty quick from, from, oh, you, you from what I've read. Yeah. There would have been no. You would definitely would have gone to see a hey, hey, doc. Something's wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know what, but it ain't right. <laughs> I'm pissing brown, doc. Help me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, is that like one of the symptoms of gonorrhea? Your Boston comes out or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't pronounce my fucking eyes my anymore, doc. changing. Yeah. I can't It'll help it. Yeah. All I crave is clam chowder and Fenway fucking Franks. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, at least she didn't hit you up with like, oh, I have chlamydia. Like that shit kills people. So, or she yeah. didn't hit me up like I'm pregnant. That's ooh, worse. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, That's worse than dying. That baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Oh, no, we don't have to go into that. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, like, what do you guys think about the whole, like, uh, Roe v. Wade? Like, oh, no, they're going to kill Roe v. Wade because evil, evil Mary Sue is in Supreme Court. I kind of doubt that's going to happen, but I think they kind of know the outcry will be ferocious. Yeah. I a lot agree. of noise. And no it's kind results. of a legal precedent for a while, so it's like, why would they do it now? Well, that's the thing. I, I Again, I know we're going into a tangent, but I love when people bring up legal precedent because they're like, oh, well, there's legal precedent. And I was like, well, obviously, yeah, it's not a fucking solved matter. new precedent. Yeah. <laughs> Pre- legal precedent is the worst dis- way to make a decision I've ever fucking heard of in my life. It's like, hmm, Slippery well... Slope. Should should I buy a slave? It's like, well, this guy bought a slave, so I guess I will. There's a precedent yeah. for it, so I like, mean that's kind of a good point though. Like fucking clearly the court's fucked up before in history. Like Yeah. I so don't get me wrong. I'm not, not gonna stand. I'm not saying Roe v. Wade is an issue. I don't know, that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is legal precedent is logically unsound. Just saying, like, another court decided this is a horrible way to make a decision. Consistency? Sure. Right? But if you're consistently wrong. At the end of the day, yeah. It's it's arbitrary at the end of the day. Exactly. Exactly. You can have all the court opinions you want, but it's like, my opinion was swayed just enough because of these fancy words. There you go. Yeah, I mean, and that's... I, I would love to have a more objective law system in general that uses normalized language that can be easily interpreted from one person to a fucking another. But obviously that's too much. Obviously that's too much to ask for. So all that I would AI lawyers, baby. Hey, listen, man, when we're all fucking hooked up to the singularity, collective consciousness, none of this will be an issue anymore. 
<laughs> I'm yeah, convinced. Hive brain, yeah, hive mm -hmm. brain logic. Fuck yeah. The hive brain still needs a pee break. So hive brain oh, okay. still needs a pee break. All right, well, okay. here's what we'll do. You can go pee. We'll start the outro, and then when he gets back, he can say his goodbye portion. And uh, I don't know, we can hang out or whatever. Is there any other uh, any other topics you want to go through? Or? Not particularly. I think we pretty much hit everything. I, I was going to bring yeah. up the whole, uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not. I sent the article. There was the uh, plot to overthrow the Electoral College results. It's not going anywhere. Political suicide. <laughs> But it will be start, interesting. The start of a great dystopian novel. Let me tell you oh. what. <laughs> oh, this dystopian novel started a long time ago. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. All right, go for it. I guess I'll I'll just sit here and and chortle with the chat. I think everybody's gone. Nope, there's still a couple people here. They're just not talking in the chat. Well, people who are still here, it's great to have you here. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm actually a little buzzed. I mean, I figured I would be. This is my second bud. I, I was going to get three, but then I was like, mm, I got to drive tomorrow. And I really don't want to be like hung over while driving. You're only on your second, you fucking pussy. Dude, this thing is bigger than like 30 of your dicks. All right. I don't even want to hear it. That's not even impressive. So. I know. I, I, I should have said like so a billion. <sighs> I'm five Coronas. With a tall boy big wave in. This is like, like this is like the same liquid volume of five Coronas. Out of two of these. It's probably four out of two of these. These are 12 ounces. Those are 16. Where does, where does it say on here? That's one and a third. You said it was 16 earlier. No, I said I didn't know. Where the fuck, Budweiser? Tell me how much alcohol I'm drinking. There's no way they can't list the amount. It's not at the bottom? No. It says Anheuser-Busch, Inc. Check the back. Wait, they put the recycle info. Wow, this got it. This has to be a riveting podcast to be watching. <laughs> so, Thanks for sticking around, guys. People are still here. They're just not talking in the chat. So they... Hey, I mean, give us a question, no matter how ridiculous and arbitrary. Yeah, we'll, nah. answer we'll answer it. Yeah. One thing I've learned is that lurkers do not talk in chat. You could you could literally be like, I will give you a PS5 oh. right now if you type something in chat. And they would just say, literally. Like, it's like a fucking religion. Like, I will not. It is against my views, my values. I'm a lurker. I love to go. Oh, yeah. Hey, lurkers, don't say anything. Oh, now see, all you're doing is reaffirming them. That's it. You're just giving them They're more like, power. Oh yeah, I won't. <laughs> yeah, you're just enabling them. Oh no, Caleb! Shit! Oh, he says no thanks. I have a PC. He is still here. All right, Caleb. Do you do you have any burning questions? This is my. Yeah, come on, uh, Caleb. Hit us with some, with some. Uh, we got you, Caleb. We'll be wrapping uh, up here. Latest we'll go is another 20 minutes. So if you have any burning questions, bring them up now while we're here, while we have Derek's galaxy size brain in this, this discord chat. He has to wear a hat to cover his massive fucking cranium. You don't want to see me take it off. It's like when that uh, guy from the X-Men takes off his glasses. Just <laughs> <laughs> if you put the, if you put the universe in a tube, you, you wouldn't want to put the universe in a tube. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to put it in a tube. Uh, what do you think about what the 100% gold dollar? All of you? Uh, uh, I think it's... Late for I mean, I think it's unattainable now. Oh, but okay. I think it's, it's... I think it's more... Oh. He's so, talking about moving I'm, to the gold standard. Okay, so we're we're officially yeah, we're outside of the, the, the projections and now we're just talking opinions on monetary policy. So go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, funny enough, uh Caleb, I'm reading in the Fed right now, so it's mm. very relative. Uh re relevant. I'm drunk. But uh <laughs> it's very yeah, relative. Jeez. Whether or not you should end the Fed is, is a very relative question. Very, very relative. <laughs> but, right. uh, 
yeah, in my retarded monkey brain. Sorry, I just got here. Oh, no worries, dude. But um, yeah, I think I think at best it would limit the inflation caused by the Federal Reserve and not allow them to print money at a whim. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure I can give a solid opinion past that, to be honest. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did Nixon take us off the gold standard? Yes, it was Richard Nixon. Okay. It's I, been it's been a uh, long time. I'm not like I said, or like Brian said, I'm not qualified to say enough on that, but I would probably guess that that's not going to change anytime soon, unless there's some drastic economic fallout, you know, like a global pandemic hitting or something. Yeah. Okay. So if we're talking about like what could be, what will be, you know, stuff like that. That's one thing. If we're just talking about like our opinions on a gold standard, I think there are lots of merits to having a, for, you know, we'll just call it what it is, a commodity based currency, right? Because all currency is based off of scarcity to some extent, except for fiat. That's the one exception that we can think of. And even then it does have a pseudo subconscious scarcity to us like we don't have an infinite supply of it we want more of it because there's only so much of it so that we can buy things right um now as i'm sure you as someone who's reading in the fed right now knows very well that's not at all how it actually works from top down but i personally i've done a lot of uh exploring and I, i'm not an economist and i could be wrong on any of this but i've yet to have someone challenge me on it because i do think it is kind of a fair position but i i've always kind of taken the perspective of to whatever extent someone is willing to trade one item for x number of slips of paper i'm willing to take their slips of paper for it right i'm gonna give one second for derek to move just because it's making a lot of noise. I'm listening. No, it's just making a lot of noise. You're good. No, no problem, dude. We're in the we're in the commentary portion. So, also, I apologize. Sorry, Caleb. <laughs> what? I was gonna go try to find my dog, but then. Patrick Smith is here. Great guy, by the way. Um, if anybody, if someone is watching this and they aren't subscribed to his content, go subscribe to it right now because the dude's amazing. Does a lot of great work. Is economic and ethics of private property a worthy read, Caleb? Yeah, Caleb's who's the well author? Read. Yeah, can you put the author in too as well, Caleb? Okay, please. Uh, yeah. So economic what I was and ethics of private. Yeah. So basically, what I was getting at is that uh, I, I've I've essentially equated. What's the best way of putting this? I I think of fiat in terms of a barter system, right? And that if this if this slip of paper truly is valueless, um, then I think we we can just go ahead and assume that it's its value is whatever people assume that it is. Uh, you know, it may not have any inherent scarcity, but if people want something and there's a demand for it and you can't just reach into the ground and pull out as much of it as you want there's going to be some kind of barter that you can build around it. And all the currency is, is instead of exchanging goods for something, it is something that you can exchange goods for. You're just cutting out the middleman, basically. So instead of having to raise chickens to trade for clothes or whatever, you can raise chickens at your job, not have to do that at your home, and then buy whatever you want and it doesn't matter if someone doesn't want your chickens because you got your labor dollars for your your chicken farming activities. So I don't know. I guess you could say I have a pragmatic approach towards currency. Um, I, I view crypto the same way. Crypto is forced scarcity. Um, it has basically no inherent value at all. Uh, it's just lines of code. Uh, and and not to go too far off on a tangent, but there's a very strong criticism that crypto isn't even really property because it's it. We could go way deep into that, but you know. So if you're willing to exchange a Bitcoin for something, but not a U.S. dollar, I think you know 
I think we're we're grasping at straws at that point. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of the Federal Reserve. I don't like fiat currencies. I'd rather we have something commodity based. But I'm. It, it's not my biggest issue. Not even close. So was, was the a, uh, was it? Is it true that uh, Bitcoin was almost having like a revival recently? It did. I mean, it is. I haven't been tracking it much. I have my money in other cryptos. But uh, yeah, it, it got back to twenty thousand dollars. Or very close to it. Very close to it. Because they basically had like a falling out, right? Like the floor bottom. Have you guys talked so about the speak. Alphabet Boys rating that company? What Bitcoin company? is the highest it's ever been. At least it was. Yeah, I know it broke the 20,000 mark at some point. Or it got really fucking close to it. I don't remember which. I, I don't have my so weird. phone near me. I wonder what, like, like what affects it. Because I feel well, like I heard they were really confident in its like its efficacy long term, and then all of a sudden it just crashed, and they're like, "Oh, there's no future for Bitcoin." If you had all that money, like it's lost. I, I'm not a fan of Bitcoin because Bitcoin is just a giant money exchange. That's all it is. It's a giant U.S. dollar exchange. It's it's like gambling. You put your money in, you bet how long you want to wait, and you come out. Nobody uses Bitcoin for actual commerce anymore unless you're on the blackest of black markets in which case they actually know because they've stopped using it because you can track bitcoins now that's the algorithm's been broken uh even if you use bitcoin scrubbers and if you use uh you know all these other wallet transfer mechanisms to keep bitcoin as secure as possible it's an old protocol it's not secure it's not fast but Oh, yeah. I, I don't have donations set up. I just do this for fun. So I appreciate it, though, Patrick, 100 percent. But um, yeah, so like I was saying, um, yeah, I think I, I think that was pretty much my point, though, if, if anybody wants to rebuttal off that. I don't know if I cut off like midway, but yeah, it, it's it's old tech. I would highly recommend looking into newer, newer generation cryptocurrencies if you are someone who wants to invest Again, like I said, there's some very compelling arguments that cryptocurrency isn't even property, but regardless, use it to your own discretion. So <laughs> I think it's yeah, great. I'm very, I'm very do you have like Robin Hood or Robin Hood? No, no. I don't I don't yeah. do stock trading anymore either. Um, I do I that used a little to. bit. Just it's kind of fun. I I don't, I don't I don't really ball out with it, but it's like it's nice to see like not nice, but it's interesting to see the fluctuations sort of i follow robin hood i know fails. some people get addicted to it but I, yeah i have i have robin hood fails on reddit that's that's a beautiful <laughs> thing to watch like yeah i put in fifty thousand dollars i have six dollars now oh, oh uh, my god <laughs> fuck yeah. that. um it's basically gambling oh yeah it's bad but brian you were gonna say sorry i cut you off oh i was just gonna say i'm very unschooled on cryptocurrencies in general yeah, and, well, and I feel like Same. I keep saying, oh, they might not be property. I, I feel like I should at least somewhat explain myself on that. I did a conversation recently on intellectual property and basically the idea that crypto is a pattern, right? Patterns aren't scarce. Property requires scarcity. This is a very fundamental concept on any sort of definition of private property, right? Private property requires scarcity. Without it, there's there's no necessity for private property. If there's an infinite number of something, you can just reach into the air and grasp it. You know, it doesn't matter whose it is, right? Um, and that's like what fiat currency. That's well, that and that's what a pattern is as well. And all cryptocurrency is a very specific pattern stored on some wherever they're stored. It depends on what exactly it is. But uh, based off of that definition of requiring scarcity, if someone were to copy your cryptocurrencies, you know, your, your coins, we'll say, and put them into a new wallet, it's not causing you any harm. You're not losing anything. You have no, no reduction in value to you personally. Uh, and all they've done is take your pattern and put it somewhere else, an identical copy of it. And, and that's where the fundamental argument that cryptocurrency might not, you know, you can call it yours. That's fine. But it, it, it's a really hard case to make that, like, if someone copies it or if someone 
you know, maybe if they transfer it or take it from your wallet, you might have a claim there. But really, you know, once you start getting into the whole like it, it's like a song, right? By the same definition, songs aren't property. You can't you can't just say like, oh, I strummed the guitar like this. That's mine now. Like that's so yeah. nebulous. You can't, you can't claim a chord progression. For yeah, exactly. Because like, like half of the hits through history are the same exact chord progression. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the? Have you ever seen the videos of like that's, the? That's exactly what I'm referencing. I think. Yeah. I don't even know what you're gonna say, but I think I know what you're gonna say. Well, it's like the pat. It would. It was like the past five years top country song. Oh, that too. But and it was literally like like they could line it up. And it was yeah. like the same exact chords and notes being hit, just slightly yeah. different. Yeah. There was something about like the last hits through like literally the last 60 years, like from the Beatles to Elvis to fucking Miley Cyrus. Like you you could look at the same four chord progression and apparently there's something that our brains just are like, that's that shit. Like that's fucking nice. Yeah. That shit works. And honestly, yeah, another, and I, another tangent think- there, but... Yeah, but well, I guess a counter argument to like intellectual property having value and should be protected is like comedians guarding each other's jokes, like like Joe Rogan getting on stage and calling out uh, what's his name? Fuck, Spanish guy. Uh, Inglesias. Yeah, or, Gabriel Inglesias. Uh, yeah, no, no, not Gabriel Inglesias. No, it was, no, uh, it was Garcia. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Jerry Garcia. No, no. not Jerry. No, that, uh, that's the guy from fucking. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys will get it one of these days. George Lopez. I don't know. I'm thinking of another comedian. <laughs> I know. I know. Who Carlos Mencia. About. Carlos, Carlos Mencia. Yeah, drunk brain got it out. But not uh, the dude from fucking Grateful Dead. No. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, Carlos Mencia being called out for joke stealing, like the comedy community basically annexed him. I mean, he's still making money off his act. Um, but, uh, well, so man, I just want to address this comment real quick. Patrick said, I don't think he's getting our comments. Sorry. I, I thought I answered, uh, your comment earlier. Um, but Tim has to go. It was great having you here. I know we're kind of wrapping up now anyways, but, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't get your comment sooner. I just wanted to let him finish his thought, but, um, yeah. So, like I was saying, um, I think uh, it's really important to keep in mind that there was a correction in that moment, right? Like the jokes were stolen. It's not like you can go back and unsteal the jokes, right? Like I guess he could sue nowadays, right? Like let's say he, oh, you stole my jokes, right? Yeah. But the the stealing of the jokes and making that public was super bad. Right. Like that, that was makes not- you the pariah to begin with. Like. Yeah. And so Joe Rogan getting out there and being like, hey, this motherfucker steals jokes right there is is in its way its own correction. Right. So what yeah. do you want to do? Do you want to. That's, that's the free market of stand up comedy, you know, self-correcting. Yeah, exactly. You're I mean- going to get ostracized if you do shit like that. The same way if you steal someone's fucking patent without being able to do it. Yeah, or 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 really anything yeah, which, like that, right? Like, I mean, who yeah. like? So let's say some like little little kid gets on YouTube and does like, I don't know, pick Mariah Carey Christmas song, whatever the whatever that name of that song is that I can't remember right now, and uh, they sing uh, it on YouTube. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop you there. That one. <laughs> You've heard the rest, okay? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I've, I've got it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the that song. Uh, you know, if some little kid sings it, they're going to get a copyright strike. If they're monetized, all of their funds are going to go to the other person. And again, I, I find it very difficult to say that, oh, well, someone sat down and wrote this. And it's like, well, if I wanted to listen to the Mariah Carey version, I would have gone and listened to the fucking Mariah Carey version of the goddamn song. I wouldn't have looked up toddler sings Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas, you know. Very untapped market, Mariah Carey covers. There you go. Exactly. Not exactly a huge market, but... Then it's kind of the weird juxtaposition of the YouTubers who have reaction content. Where it's like directly using someone else's content. The appeal of that is weird, but like, yeah, like everything from the thumbnails to the algorithms that YouTube has, like 
our just desire to get more clicks. You know? well, I yeah. mean, so if you want to look at it from the perspective of modern law, it's fair use because they're applying commentary and commentary is just anything that adds any sort of substance to the original work. You can contest it and take it to court, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> all I want for know. Christmas is you. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. Didn't I say that earlier or, Okay, well, we're going. <laughs> I said that song. Well, I thought I corrected myself when I said it again, but it's a fine. Yeah, you're right, Caleb. All I want for Christmas is you. Um, Basically, why she's raking in the big bucks to this yeah. day. Yeah, Pretty every much, fucking man. shopping mall blasting that song. <laughs> <laughs> I love how it's become a, a meme at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's IP is one of those things where it just, it comes down to the fundamentals of it, right? Like, so someone who is in, well, I say I'm in software, I'm a student, right? But as someone whose like job is eventually going to be writing lines of code, like it was a really hard pill for me to swallow the like, this is literally just patterns of ones and zeros that have zero scarcity, right? Like if I come up with something and I write out the code and I do all the work and then I publish it or whatever, and someone copies that, copying of it isn't is not a ditch so it, it comes into property rights exist to protect your personage because a property is an extension of your personage and that i know is a claim into itself and we can get into that if you want but property being an extension of your pers- personage all property rights come from the perspective of per- protecting your personage like this fork is mine there's no other fork like this there are plenty of forks like this fork but there are none of them in the immediate but this area. one is mine. Yeah, this fork is mine. <laughs> Without right? this fork, I am nothing. Without me, <laughs> the fork is nothing. If you take this fork from me, I have lost one penny of material value. It's something you can quantify, right? Like you can say, like, yeah, yeah. man, that sucks. You lost a penny's worth of fork, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> if someone copies your hard drive and pastes it somewhere else, all you can say is, well. I lost potential value, but what is potential, right? Like, what is that? That's not like, it's not a thing. Doesn't that fall into intellectual property rights though? That's what I'm getting at though. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's almost impossible to quanta quantitate. Yeah, exactly. All that we can can do is, is based objectively off of what we have now in existence. And, uh, I think that's where most of the compelling arguments that I've found against property or intellectual property rights come from. Why? And why I think the term intellectual property isn't good because I don't, I don't think it qualifies as property because it lacks scarcity. Just call it ideas. That's what they are. Protected ideas. Cause that's what, at the end of the day, that's what all intellectual property is. Star Wars, uh, Apple software, yeah. whatever. It's and all just hell. Even fucking Star Wars is a reiteration of like ancient tropes that have been carried over across cultures for millennia. Like, yeah, you know yeah, you could argue George Lucas stole it from. Uh, yeah, like from, that's uh, the thing. Like, you can't you can't claim like the hero narrative as like that's mine. Like that is yeah. a tr- there's it, and there's all sorts of nuances. Like there's a, there's tropes. There's fucking themes that you can carry over into different genres, but. Then there's very literal things like, oh, Disney owns Star Wars. Like, that's a whole nother legalistic world to dive into. Yeah, I I don't even get me started on Disney. They they have completely, <laughs> like, if there was anything good about the IP as it existed at one point, it's gone now because of them. Like, there's literally a Mickey Mouse clause. <laughs> like... It exists to protect their IP. I mean, I, I again, we, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. I know it's like midnight where you are. So if you're ready to wrap up, I'm as good as any time. I feel like we had a great um, little. I'm after- having a good talk. Yeah. If you want yeah. to keep spitballing, I'm, I'm down. But yeah, whenever you want to uh, wrap it up. No, I mean, I, I'm good. I just wanted to make sure because I know it's late there. But uh, I think I'm going to have to take a little a little commentator's pee break now because I've killed like two <laughs> no of these worries. things so you guys have to carry right. the show don't okay, say I'll... any don't say anything that's gonna get me banned 
And it's backwards. You're not going to be able to read it. Way too late for that. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me read two comments from Caleb, and then I'll go. Hold on. Oh, crap. Oh, <laughs> one of them is I don't tune in often, but when I do, it's fun seeing uh, what one of my comments does to Christian. Uh, and that's my first name, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Uh, and his other comment says, I have the original trilogy and the prequels on DVD, and that's all I need. I have them on Laserdisc, you scrub. Talk about Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> hey, what yeah. you got to really do is mooch off someone's Disney Plus account. Yeah. Honestly, did you watch the final episode of Mandalorian? I did. I don't know Dude. if you want to spoil shit for Caleb, but no, yeah. I well, I guess I would say to Caleb because I seems you're a purist on the original trilogy. And the if you cool. haven't seen Mandalorian, highly recommend watching. It. Yeah, I would say that the newest movie, the newest films from Disney, probably besides Rogue One, I think Rogue One's really solid. Yeah, but I'd say the rest, you're you've will live a happy life not seeing them um so it's pretty that, good but like so, you don't need to see it but it's like yeah, it's it, entertaining and it, it's worth a watch you know like, yeah if you like the star wars lore yeah and i think mandalorian adds a a good story to the universe i don't like the disney yeah. ones mandalorian Man- mandalorian bad. tied everything together really really so i haven't watched it oh and did it's you good, hear like dude. did you hear about what they're announcing though like yeah, the Boba gonna, Fett's gonna have there's his gonna own. Be a Bo- the Book of Boba is gonna be a show. They're gonna have an Obi Wan Kenobi show with Hayden Christensen playing Darth Vader, which you know. You and McGregor playing. Yeah, yeah. As long as we got, as long as we got, hello there. We'll hello good. there. And that's all it took. Obi Jesus. That's all it fucking took for them to completely fucking ruin the good thing that they had. One successful show. Um, so Derek, I don't know if, uh, (laughs) yeah, I guess Derek, I don't know if you'll, maybe you have, I I don't want to assume, but, uh, Caleb asks what libertarian slash Austrian authors have you guys read? Um, I know, well, Brian, you're reading in the fed, which is Ron Paul. It's like Babby's first libertarian book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I've read, uh, Pretty much everything Spooner's ever written. He's probably my favorite anarchist uh, libertarian. He's abolitionist. Great, great guy. If you haven't read everything by him, you should. He's a super smart dude. Uh, I've read some Hoppe. He gets a little weird for my tastes. Um, uh, If you haven't read The Most Dangerous Superstition, I really, really like it, but I do think it's a little campy. Um... It's a great first read for a lot of people, but I'm assuming you've read it already, Caleb. So I just want to answer his question. Sorry. No, no worries. By Austrian, I mean Austrian economics. Yeah, yeah. I figured. Austrian. Not... I'm I'm trying to think of like a famous like Austrian economist, and I feel like there's a lot of names I should be thinking of. Yeah, Ever? I mean, well, a lot of them. <laughs> he was definitely not an economist. He was an Austrian yeah. painter, all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, uh, wait, if you, is, is Anne Rand? Is she? She's not Austrian. Is she's she? well. She's not really an economist. She's just Austrian. Yeah, econ- Austrian economists. Theorists. Yeah, yeah. Austrian economists are. Uh, or, or it's just a term for like a school of economic yeah. thought, right? Yeah, like uh, I should know this because I studied all of this in college, but I'm like forgetting <laughs> all of it. Like Keynesian economics, yeah. that's not Aust- That's not the Austrian school, right? That's kind no, of like it's like the right? exact opposite of the Austrian. Yeah, that's, school. that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hayek, Paul Roth- Rothbard's a great example. Mises. I've read some. Another... I've read Hayek. Um, I think Paul, I don't, maybe Rothbard, I don't know about the other two, though. Uh, Paul I, meaning Ron Paul, or a different Paul? Yeah. If you like, um, if you like Mud Huts, Paul is, or Hoppe is a great dude. He's, he's definitely a return to monkey kind of guy. Um, yeah, Ayn Rand is more of a philosopher. I've read one book by her, The Virtue of Selfishness. I really, really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I think I have some issues with the I mean, it gets a new 
name every decade, it feels like, but we'll, we'll call it egoism for the sake of integrity to her ideas. But, uh, individualism, if you want to call it that, I have some issues with it, but I think the core tenets of it are very analytical, objective, uh, and good, but I don't, I'm not exactly like a Randian or anything. You're not going to sit me around here, like thumping my Atlas shrugged at you or something, you know? I think she makes a lot of compelling arguments. So like her, her idea that selfishness is what perpetuates virtue is, I think a very hard pill, pill for people to swallow, but I think makes a lot of sense. If you just look at it from the perspective of like, no one does something for nothing. Like even uh, Mary Magdalene, like was, you know, she, she did it because she got some kind of joy out of loving, you know, not because just because for the sake of being nice, you know, People don't donate to charity for no reason. It makes them feel good. They get a tax break. There's always some kind of personal motivation behind every good, benevolent decision that we make. And that's okay. And I think that's the important thing. People say it when people hear that, they go, oh, man, that's not I don't like thinking that I'm selfish. And it's like, well, it's okay. It's okay to be as long as you're doing a good thing. To some degree is self-interested. Yeah. I, I think, think it's, it's a natural human, human trait. Yeah. It's it's disingenuous to think that you could it's it's like something you can avoid because I think it is a very natural process and it's oh it's have okay. Guys, uh have you guys heard of John Rawls, I think? Rawls. His name was. He's uh I think it was a philosopher from like in the twentieth century. Uh, um and like names and I studied a little bit of them like in political science and like he had this idea of the veil of ignorance mm-hmm. and it was like whether like if you had to create the ideal society and you have to do it behind a quote-unquote veil of ignorance like so you don't know your preconditions you don't know your intelligence your socioeconomic status your disabilities or conversely your intellectual capabilities or physical capabilities how would you structure society it's like a thought experiment kind of, but I was watching this video like the other day about like, like a libertarian perspective on that versus like, uh, I guess like an outsider's perspective on it. Um, and it was kind of interesting to think about like, like your perspective on how society should be structured is going to be based off like your own preconditions or those that might affect your family. So, yeah. I mean, I could see like a self-preservation instinct being in there as well. Like, right. if I didn't know what my circumstances were going to be born into this world, you know, if I wasn't born into the body of a of a strong, handsome lad, you know, um, if I, you know, was like a like a geriatric crippled or something, as well endowed, you know. Yeah, definitely not yeah. that. All right, you know, let's just get that. Let's just get that clear. Um, I think it's like, uh, a, it's like an acorn on a beanbag. Yeah, exactly. It's very generous of you. It's more like a like a pea on an acorn. Um, but uh, yeah. So regardless of that uh, comment, yeah, I have to dry my balls every time I pee. So I think uh, <laughs> I think there's definitely like a certain amount of self preservation that that goes into that a decision like that because I would be like, well, what if I'm born crippled, blind, and completely unable of you know supporting myself of course i'm gonna want right a society that would cater to that which is why yeah. i think you know it's difficult it's, to... and it's it's tied to a lot of like the welfare state kind of thing like like yeah. people they use that in terms of like political philosophy to like explain someone's views whether they're conservative or liberal like oh i might favor um you know a welfare state here but if i know i'm going to be like well off and I don't need this. I'm not going to want to subsidize someone else's education or someone else's healthcare or someone else's food stamps, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of thing. I, th- I think that's where the ethics come in though. I think right. that's why I right. focus so much on that. Like I've tried to move away from like, you know, I, I, I enjoy these segments where I just get to talk about my opinions on things. But I, I do think like at the end of the day, like if I'm going to make a claim and I'm going to sit here and be like, I am right, you are wrong. It has to be based off of some like rigorous logic and ethics. And and those things I don't think change based off of like my particular circumstances. You know, I don't 
I would like to think, and you know, this could be wrong, but I would like to think if I had the same logical deduction process, regardless if I was in a worse circumstance than I am now or better, I would reach the same conclusion. Um, you know, I'm not like super well off. I live in a dingy apartment and I pay rent and a little bit else, you know, (laughs) I can't say I'm doing particularly great for myself, but you know, I'm not like simping for the rich people. You know, there's like a, a rationality to the decisions and the right. beliefs that I hold. So uh, that's, you know, yeah. a long way of and saying. I, res- I respect that. Yeah. Because I yeah. feel like sometimes like in terms of politics, like a lot of times grifters on either end of the political spectrum will like they'll throw themselves towards whatever like confirms their own biases or gets them more money or both like yeah like have you heard of like dave rubin for example like yeah. <laughs> i think he's almost he's a pretty good example of like like i i genuinely remember listening to like his first show after he quit like the young turks and like, like oh this is interesting like he's bringing a fresh like classical libertarian perspective to it but then all of a sudden you find out oh, he's taking money from the co-brothers and you've noticed like his his uh, rhetoric is shifting more towards like unabashedly pro Trump, like that kind of thing. But that was it, it's weird to see. I was I, you know, again, this is I, I'm sorry, Brian, I haven't let you get a word in edgewise, so I will let you go. Oh, right good. I really this. haven't had anything to add so far. So I used go. to listen to an obnoxious amount of Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro until I literally couldn't stomach them anymore. And uh, I used to really think that Dave was an actually good show. Like he asked good questions and he made like he he took a very neutral stance. I feel like a lot of times because he is either scared to say what he wanted to think. That was the appeal of it, too. Yeah, he was he was like, oh, I'll engage anyone. Like, And that was like the Roganist like type of vibe I was looking for that. I wanted someone who could, you know, he could talk to people with different views but then it just sort of devolved after that yeah it's like a switch got flipped and then it was like Mm -hmm. the oh well we kind of like donald trump here and it's like money 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 yeah it sucks um i mean i will say less so for ben shapiro i think i just like the more i think ben believes what he believes like yeah at least the the more i i i got my own opinions and the less I listened to other people for their opinions, the less I liked Ben Shapiro. <laughs> um, but that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, his, his voice is honestly what off puts me. I just can't, I genuinely can't listen to him. I don't disagree with a lot of his points, but. See, Caleb, I feel like this is super, super relevant for especially modern Dave. He says, I feel like Dave's whole thing is, look, I'm a gay conservative. Bet you've never met anyone like me. Um, That's super relevant to now. Like anytime anyone challenges him on being a conservative in any way, he's like, I'm gay. And I'm like, what does that have to do with conservative? (laughs) Yeah. It's like that hasn't been an issue for like fucking six years. It's like, congrats. You defied, you defied like a stereotype, but that doesn't mean your fucking arguments are sound. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like Milo Yanapoyos had a similar. Yeah. A a lot more trolly, but exactly. Yeah. I guess Stephen Carter too, as Caleb was saying, it's like an example of, I think someone who, like they cater to their crowd and they know the money's there. So they stick with that. I don't and, and, and like even Crowder had like a really interesting idea where he had that show, like change my mind. Like that was a really cool idea, but it's even pretty- that would be like pretty selective about who he'd interview. It's like, Oh, I took down some fucking college. liberal yeah. college freshman who's an intro to <laughs> philosophy, who knows fucking nothing. Like yeah. <laughs> look at me like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he he picked up like one book on Locke and, you know, yeah. that's his entire knowledge of, of everything you believe. If that. Exactly. Um, no, I, I I don't even think Crowder's funny, honestly. And if my dad watches has, this, it's going to break diminishing returns, I think <laughs> it, it's going to break. It's going to break his heart because I think he, he's not as much into it as he used to be. He used to send me clips all the time and he's like, oh, this is hilarious. And I'm like. 
okay. Too. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I, I don't have a problem with anything like that. Like, that can be fun. No, I don't either. I'm just saying, like, hey, do your thing. But, like, yeah. it's almost like they go out of their way to, like, drift off the anti-SJW shit. And it's like, yeah, there's a genuine amount of people on the left, too, that, like, cringe at that and hate that, too. But, like, both sides sort of just make the problem worse than it needs to be. That's one thing that I've kind of noticed is that it's that's not as big of a like a war as it used to be anymore. Or maybe it's more like a yeah. silent war now. Like, I think. Oh, there's there's some still very dedicated to it, but it's like it sort of burned itself out like the energy it had. Yeah, yeah I, I remember... feel like it exploded. People picked their sides and now it's like, all right, like we've seen yeah. this this show before. I've heard these same arguments and fucking go to gotchas over and over. It's fucking yeah. old now. It, yeah, it, for real. It, for a while there, it was like every week a new static image talking yeah. person would come out and have their yeah. scathing critique. Here of, comes the next Karen or the next fucking Jigglypuff from UMass or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I remember like Kraut. Those guys were like really big and uh, I, I watched some of his stuff back in the day. I don't know. I, I was always kind of like on the fringe of that. Like, I or not the fringe, but I was like, I was on the outside looking in because it was always seemed like a stupid fight to me. But I I remember bringing up uh, Christopher Hitchinson to you, Christian. Did you ever end up diving into him at all? Yeah, yeah I watched some of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, OK, because me, 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 Derek and our, our very, very good buddy, Jack. Oh, yeah. You should like, have Jack on sometime. He'd be interesting. Yeah, he would be. He's. I would say he's, I don't know, to not speak for him, I guess, Derek, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd say he's a right-leaning centralist, I guess. No, no, I think he leans a lot more left, but he really dissociates from the cultural part of it. Like, he's very, very, like, uncompromisingly in favor of stuff like Medicare for All, for example. Um, But then, like... Like, like that to him, that's like a, an issue where it's like, wow, he like sees the Democrats as being cowards, I think, for not supporting that. And then conversely, he also hates all like the pandering that people like Hillary and Biden do. And like he and so that's why he's I think he's he dissociates himself from like the label of a Democrat or something like that. But uh, culturally, his views are different, I think, than like in terms of what it's public policy views like. That's fair. I think it's a different, I think that's a different set of questions entirely, at least from my perspective. It is. Yeah, it is. I'm, I mean, if you ask me like the, the political questions really easy, no, but uh, the, the social <laughs> question gets a lot more nuanced because I, I really do think that is, it's just interactions between human beings and it should all just be based off of nuance and consent. But uh, politics is, you know, obviously a much yeah. murkier field than that when you're trying to dictate people's lives. So I could I could respect a position sure. like that, hundred percent. Because he was like Jack, for example. Like I, I think I can speak on his behalf a little bit. Like he was definitely a very pro Bernie guy, and like didn't want anything to do with the Democrats. Really, after it was like, okay, Bernie has no chance. Because it's like to a lot of people, myself included, I think we looked at Bernie and we're like, this is a guy who you know speaks what he thinks, and he's fought for the same things for years, and like. If he gets a chance to do his plans, it might do a lot of good for a lot of people. And so we're going to stand by him for that. But then there's yeah. all sorts of other shit that just gets involved in politics inevitably with like the culture war crap. And that yeah, turns I was, a lot of people off. Yeah, I was pro-Bernie at the time, too. Um, and I feel like even now, I, I at that. least feel that Bernie is more real yeah. than a lot it's of these other the, people. The fact like that he'll the, go on... Joe Rogan and he'll go on Killer Mike's barbershop show. Yeah. And he's very he's very much more willing to to go out to the people and like be confronted if that may be yeah. what's gonna happen. But it's, at least he's real about his ideas. Although I, I do disagree with them now. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's fair. I think it's the general appeal, the broad appeal, certainly among young people that he had was be like the anti corruption uh, pro-populist, pro-listening to the average person type shit that the Democrats like pretend that they're the party of that and I'm not saying a lot of them don't do a good job of it but then there's others 
that do a terrible job of it and totally betray that ideal. Uh, and I think like the Republicans got to wrestle with that concept as well, I think. But, you know, for a lot of people, it was like, we want an outsider and, you know, not everyone's going to get what they want at the end of the day. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's, can you make anyone happy with politics? Really? It's, I mean, that's the thing though. Politics is inherently based on compromise. And like, if you're a purist, you're, you're quite certainly never going to be happy unless you're some fascist in Italy or some shit in the fucking thirties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it's like, you're not going to have your party running. Straight. And that's probably yeah. a good thing to be. Doing. No, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I get it. I get it. I really, I mean, I feel like sometimes I act like I've been disassociated from politics for so long, but like, I mean, I voted in like the last two elections besides this last one. So it's not like I've, it's not like it's even been that long um, that I've kind of distanced myself from all of that. So I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like it's important to keep in mind that again, like I kind of talked about earlier, it's, it's most people who are engaged in this system genuinely believe that what they're doing is the right thing for the right reasons. Um, yeah. And that's, I think that's part of the hurdle is that, you know, it's not on a whim most of the time and whether or not their arguments are flawed or whether you believe what they believe is right or wrong. Um, you have to convince them that what they think is correct and good, not just correct, good, like the right call isn't um and and again like and that's not even everybody's fight i think in fact i think most people would probably be better off just sticking to themselves and just you know i'm not saying not to engage in political discourse i think that's important for everybody to grow yeah. but it's uncomfortable for a lot of people and i get that like yeah. for someone like me like I've, i studied politics in college like i have a major in that and like in high school that was my strength like i took ap history ap gov all that shit like that was something that I had the fortune of one, like being inquisitive about and like understanding pretty well, but also like genuinely enjoying, but that is not the truth for the average American. Even people that are politically involved, like they, like they fall into ideological patterns and they, they get into their mode of thinking and they don't really think about it deeper than that. And it's like a, it's a cycle of like, it's almost the same idea of like you fucking get a like on Instagram, you get a little adrenaline boost, like or dopamine boost, whatever. Like, yeah. People are looking for that over and over in politics. Yeah, finding and, another and person that, that agrees with you. Oh yeah, and I, yeah. I feel like that is that needs to be discouraged. I think because like it, it may feel great to get a zinger in or like you know try to one up an argument or destroy the libs or fucking you know, own the MAGA crowd, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really prove anything. It doesn't make your arguments any better, you know, but I know there's like a 10 know. minute delay in the chat or something on YouTube, which I'm sorry, guys, I couldn't figure out a fix for it anytime soon. So, but, uh, Patrick Smith here is like a, he's, he, his stick is being like a, a volunteerist anarchist commentator and super smart dude, but uh, he would love like that sentiment right there. He calls himself a truth seeker. And he's the first person who I've ever heard say that, that I legitimately believe is like, not just the label. Yeah. He like actually cares. Like, I don't care what it is. I just want the truth. And uh super, super cool thing about the dude. Um, if you ever get the chance to watch any of his stuff, I'd highly recommend it. Super cool guy. Very. Does he have a podcast or? Yeah, he has a YouTube channel. It's called Disenthrall. YouTube? Uh, he also Disenthrall? does... Yeah, he does one that's more kind of focused towards like... Uh, well, I don't know what a good way to put it. It's called Anarchast. He kind of... He inherited it from another person. But um, it's... it's. I'd say it's probably a little more niche. Disenthrall is, I think, a little more generally informative. It's more of like a good... He, I mean, he's just a super cool. smart dude. But um, now that I've done enough of of jerking him off. Uh, <laughs> Caleb, uh, I'm going to school for animal science and I study economics, philosophy, politics in my free time. So my mind yeah. is very full. 
Read his other two comments before that one, too. Oh, sorry. I missed them. Let me scroll up real quick. My ideas can be summed up as don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. And nobody should be punished for rightly exercising self-defense. And then uh, trick question, get rid of politics, and I'm happy. I mean, I'd say your first comment is oversimplified, but I agree with the sentiment. Um, I, a mutual friend of me and Brian, I was having a conversation with him a few weeks ago. Uh, and we kind of came to this conclusion that like all of the logic of everything that I was talking about and that I know you agree with Caleb because I know you, but, um, uh, <laughs> is, is sound, but it requires a certain, uh, not necessarily compliance, but it requires a certain, uh, cooperation from fellow man to not totally suck. And uh, I can definitely agree with that. So I do think it is a little oversimplified just to say like, oh, I just want to leave everybody alone because eventually bad actors will come to you. But um, yeah, no, I, I agree with the sentiment anyways. So, yeah, not only not only the actors agreeing, but also everybody having faith that each other will stick to those agreements, you yeah. know? Well, that's part of the deal. It's like you don't have faith, right? Like. The non-aggression principle exists as a guideline for you to not infringe on other people's rights. It's not a automatic trust everyone card. I would say if you trusted True. everyone right now, you were dumb. But especially, it's, it's more so a way. It's more so like precondition that you should like try to treat people with. I think. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. The the best part about the non-aggression principle is that until someone violates it, they're in compliance with it, right? So it's like, it's like a catch 22. They're like, Oh, I don't consent to the non-aggression principle. And it's like, well, you're following it. So, you know, so you're not, I you're haven't not... really like dived too deeply into like anarcho capitalism and like the non-aggression principle, but like, would you say like the non-aggression principle is something that libertarian sort of, uh, conceptualized to contend with human nature and the role of government do you think that kind of like came later in terms of responding to government authority? Or do you think that like actually fits into like natural rights and, and like the very origins of like how humans interact together? Well, so I think it's important to note that I don't, I don't believe in natural rights. Um, and I think it's important to say that I don't believe because natural rights always that any sort of consistent definition for natural rights comes from some sort of bestowing by a creator, right? Like, God gave you these rights, a right to a voluntarist who isn't a Christian would be uh, any mutually reciprocal agreement between two people. Right. That, that that is your right. And until that right is violated, it is it is right, because uh, it doesn't matter if God bestowed on you the right to life. If someone takes it from you, obviously it wasn't bestowed hard enough. Right. Um <laughs> So they're, they're mutually reciprocal agreements. And I feel like that's we're, we're in the realm of philosophy. So I feel like it's important that I get all of these nuanced things out of the way. But um, right. the, the non-aggression principle is a response more so to the state of nature than it is to filling the role of a government. Right. So Locke did a lot of I'm sure you, you've read Locke, right? Yeah. And I so, was going to say, I think Hobbes is almost more relevant to that. Yeah, actually, you're. Actually, yeah, no, you're right. That would probably be a better Hobbes. But when you get into, like, property, then definitely Locke is where you want to go to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but even even he talks about, though, in, in the absence of government, the state of nature. And, and a lot of his work does come from other people in, in regards to the state of nature. But it's always a good point for me to come to because every, everybody's read Locke if they've read any literature. Right. right. I think therefore I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... But that that's really and maybe someone will disagree with me on this, but the non-aggression principle from what I've read and from what I understand doesn't come from a, a like a need to facilitate a, a pseudo government. It's more to address the issues with state of nature beings, which is what we would be without any of these mutually reciprocal rights. Um, it's why when someone we when someone violates your rights, we call them state of nature beings because that's what they've returned to they've returned to monkey 
<laughs> that's the third time I've said that meme this show. Um, <laughs> when someone, when, if someone comes up to you and robs you, they have said, okay, I am willfully removing myself from this pact of being a civilized member of society. And unless they seek restitution and agree to reintegrate into society, they are a state of nature being and should be treated as such. There's, I think that's a very logical, calculated way of approaching the situation. Um, and that's where you get your things like self-defense and stuff like that. And it's like, well, oh, I have a right to life. And it's like, well, you did until you threatened mine. You know, it's a, it's a, there, there's a reciprocal right. nature to these things. Every action has the a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it makes for infinite hypotheticals, which I have answered hundreds of, at least at this point, uh, and uh, an internally consistent system. Uh, so that on, it, on that note, do you like, and, and I guess like just taking it to like the, the eventuality of like history, like, do you think like the concept of the nap changed when government coercion became a much more prominent thing? Like when an, an agriculture became like a dominant force and you needed a government there well, uh, as opposed to like when you had hunters and hunters and gatherers and individual tribes and whatnot like uh yeah like caleb's saying these are tiresome hypotheticals but like they they definitely hinge in very interestingly on the different facets of human nature and human organization and like at a macro level well so the concept of the non-aggression principle is, is a newer one. If we're going like that far back to like the idea of agriculture being developed and the More first like, governments, it's probably an enlightenment error. Production, it's right? post that, like we're talking like, post -enlightenment. It, yeah, yeah. It, no, it's, it, it wasn't codified until like the, like Rothbard and all those guys got their hands on it. I think someone did it before them. I should know this. I'm sorry that I don't, but they were the first people to popularize it, right? Like that generation of Austrian economists, anarchists, libertarians, all those guys were the first people to popularize the non-aggression principle because people were like, okay, well, what's your answer to government? And it's like, well, we have this. And the reason that the principle exists is because people needed a tight little package by which they could consume hundreds of years of, of thought on the state of nature and human rights, you know, I mean, and, and that's you just kind of, you were born into a social contract and the, the government you had had a monopoly on violence and that's just the way it was. Like, yeah, exactly. And this, the, the non-aggression principle is something you can comply with, with or without that social contract existing. Right. Oh my God. Did discord crash? Oh Jesus. Oh. Are we back? Yep, yeah. Yeah. We're good. Okay. But I, hold on. I think Discord crashed for a second there. Oh, I think. Hold on. Again, deep. Yeah, no, no, no. We're good. I think we're back. Well, well, I, I got to go. Kiss, kiss break, I got to go. I got to let the dog out and I got to call Veronica back. All and right. Well, landed in Seattle. We, call it on that, I guess or? we can we can let it go there. I could talk about this all day. But uh, if you can't tell, yeah, I love should, this shit. I should definitely come back. Honestly, I love doing shit like this. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, any t it'll be have to be after the break. Obviously, I'm going to my folks' place tomorrow, so it'll be. I'm not bringing any of my stuff with me, so um, this should get posted either tonight or early tomorrow morning uh, for the podcast. It's already on YouTube and stuff like that. So if you want to go back and watch it, you can. But uh, yeah, cool. awesome. Yeah, Caleb said, "Well, this was fun. I'm glad you liked it and were involved in the chat. It was fun live streaming again. I haven't done this in a while, so yeah, yeah." Yeah, I love Caleb's commentary. That was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was nice to see. Uh, well, yeah. uh, any last words, guys, before you go? Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year if I don't see you guys before then. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy. Yeah, be safe out there. Yeah, keep Happy being, Hanukkah. If that's... Keep being awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, Brian, Derek, it was fantastic having you both on. Uh, we should definitely do something like this again in the future. Absolutely, um, man. <laughs> maybe we could make it a foursome. Bring your buddy on. Yeah, uh, that'd be let's sick. Let's get Jack in there. Balance out the libertarian, yeah, progressive ideology there. I definitely <laughs> didn't want to. Uh, I, I definitely tried my heart hardest not to like 
gang up on yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't. So. I don't think we. Yeah, I don't think we really got into like anything like too. No. Like I'm, I'm sure we. I'm sure we could have talked for hours about like the like the Green New Deal. I almost jumped in on that shit too. But like, yeah, <laughs> we, we could have. I think we, we talked about that on the last podcast too. So like, yeah, yeah, there's 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 no shortage of stuff for us to talk about, and I feel like like despite the you know purported ideological differences we always have very thought-provoking conversations I would, and hilarious conversations so. yeah i would say yeah. if nothing Come else again, yeah they're definitely meaningful conversations if nothing else For there's sure. always some kind of progression going on one way or another so it's always good uh well it was great having you guys on. If you guys are watching this show live or in the podcast format, make sure you like the Facebook page, YouTube, Twitter. I, I think I have a Twitter. I don't even know anymore. Uh, like it, subscribe it, watch it, <laughs> listen to it. And if you hated it, don't tell me because I might cry. Take it easy. <laughs>